Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 4 of Quantum to Infinity. In the last episode, we discussed subatomic particles and their discovery. But they aren't truly fundamental particles, which means that they are made up of something even smaller. There were more than 80 fundamental particles that had been discovered and scientists had a tough time keeping track of all of them and jokingly compared it to a zoo. Eventually, American scientist Murray Gell-Mann, who was able to restore order back into the world of particle physics, said that there was a simple underlying structure to these particles and the classifications depended a great deal on symmetries. He said that the fundamental particles we knew, such as protons and neutrons, were actually just made up of even tinier particles called quarks. And there are six types of quarks, namely up, down, top, bottom, charm and strange. And these type of quarks are sometimes also described as flavors of quarks. So each of these particles have a set of properties. But before we discuss those properties, it should be noted that all quarks are fermions. So what exactly are these fermions? A fermion is a category of elementary particles and are very small and light. So these particles follow the Fermi dyadic statistics and generally have a half odd integer spin, like 0.5 or 1.5 and so on. So these can be considered as the building blocks of life because molecules are made up of atoms, atoms are made up of electrons and protons, and electrons and protons are made up of fermions. Now, let us discuss the properties of quarks. The first property is charge. All quarks have a fractional charge. The up, top, and charm quarks have a charge of 2e by 3, where e is the charge on an electron. Likewise, the charge on the down, bottom, and strange quark um, is 1e by 3. Furthermore, it should be noted that each quark has a corresponding antiquark with the same mass but an opposite charge. The second property is spin. Spin is an intrinsic property of fundamental particles. It can often be visualized as the rotation of an object around its own axis. However, in the subatomic realm, this isn't very accurate because these particles are considered to be point-like. So the spin of a particle can be represented in the vector form, which is measured in terms of the Planck's constant. The third property is the weak interaction. So through one of the four fundamental forces, a quark of one flavor can be transformed into the quark of another flavor using weak interaction. An example of this would be the famous radioactive beta decay, in which a neutron splits into a proton, electron and an ant electron antineutrino. The neutron is composed of up, down, down quarks, giving it a neutral charge. So in a beta decay, a down quark in the neutron decays into an up quark by emitting a virtual particle, which is the W minus boson, transforming the neutron into a proton. The W minus boson then decays into an electron and an electron neutrino. So while the process of flavor transformation is the same for all quarks, each quark has a preference to transform into the quark of its own generation. The fourth property is strong interaction and color charge. At this point, we have established that the subatomic world is just weird, and so are the forces. In the quantum realm, forces occur when particles carrying some kind of charge emits another particle transmitting a force. The strong force is more complicated than the conventional positive and negative charges as we know it in electromagnetism. To understand this better, let us introduce the concept of baryons. Baryons are particles that consist of three quarks. A simple example of that would be a proton and neutron with the configuration of up, up, down and up, down, down respectively. So going by the simple definition of a baryon, any particle comprising three quarks in any combination would be possible, right? Well, apparently not, or so it was thought back then. There was no configuration that contained the strange, strange, strange combination. 
However, less than a month after the original paper on quark theory was published by Murray Gell-Mann, the omega minus particle was discovered, a baryon which had three strange quarks. However, according to the quantum mechanical principle, the Pauli exclusion principle, which simply put together says that it is impossible for two identical fermions to exist in the same place at the same time. An example of this would be the existence of three up, up, up particles or quarks. The first quark has a spin of positive half and the second quark has a spin of a negative half. But when the third quark is present, regardless of whether it has a spin of a positive half or a negative half, the particle would be identical to one that is already existing, hence forbidden by the Pauli exclusion principle. So then how does the omega minus particle exist? American physicist Oscar Greenberg suggested a new properties of quark that have been previously overlooked. Quantum color. Color is the name we use for the strong force charge. While quarks had colors, the baryons did not. Therefore, scientists had to devise a method wherein upon adding color of the fundamental particles, they would no longer be color. Something like um, a positive and a negative charge neutralizing each other. So using the work of earlier scientists who found it found that if lights of red, blue and green were merged, it would produce a white or colorless light. Physicists referred to the colors of the quarks as red, green and blue, which then added up to produce a colorless particle. Now what does this mean to the quark model? Well, now it provided an explanation for the existence of baryons all made up of the same type of quark. So despite the quarks having the same spin, the color differentiated them, hence holding true to reality as well as the Pauli exclusion principle. The fifth property is mass. So when one is referring to the mass of a quark, the following two terms are very important. Current quark mass, which refers to the mass of the quark by itself, and the constituent quark mass, which refers to the sum of the mass of the quark plus the mass of the gluon particle field that surrounds the quark. A gluon is an elementary particle that acts as an exchange particle for the strong force between quarks. So in subatomic physics, a hadron is a particle that is made up of two quarks. Most of the mass of a hadron comes from the gluons that binds the constituent quarks together rather than the quarks themselves. So gluons are massless substances. Wait, how does that make sense? Doesn't this contradict the previous statement? Well, no. Gluons possess energy, specifically quantum chromodynamics binding energy or QCBE, and using Einstein's famous special relativity equation, E is equal to mc square, we can deduce the mass of the gluon and its significance into the mass of the hadron. Now, since we've already covered the protons and neutrons aren't fundamental particles, you're probably wondering, well, what about the electron? Is it fundamental? Yes, the electron belongs to a family known as the lepton family. The lepton family has six distinct flavors. The electron, the electron neutrino, the muon, the muon neutrino, the tau, and the tau neutrino. All the leptons and their respective neutrino particles have a corresponding antiparticle. The leptons can either have a negative charge or a neutral charge. Essentially, the lepton particles have a negative charge and their neutrino particles have a neutral charge. Along with quarks, leptons are the building blocks of matter all around us and are considered elementary. So these lepton flavors are not immutable. A neutrino particle can change its flavor through a process known as neutrino flavor oscillation. So in an oscillation, there is a deficit in the number of neutrinos that are being created. So just like quarks, the leptons also have a spin as an intrinsic property. All leptons have a half spin, but unlike quarks, leptons do not undergo strong end reactions. Here's something to think about. 
Are all these particles the true nature of the universe? Is there something more fundamental? While experiments of the date have proven that all of these are fundamental, we're only limited by our time to be proven wrong. Well, that's all for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one and stay tuned for further updates. Thank you.